Welcome to the Ottawa Business Journal's YouTube live broadcast of how businesses can capitalize on machine learning. I'm Peter Cavesi from the Ottawa Business Journal. Thank you so much for joining us today. Ahead of this webinar, I was thinking about examples of machine learning in my own life. And I thought about a time a few months ago when just out of curiosity, I set my laptop next to my wife's laptop next to my son's laptop and just marveled at how YouTube suggested such different videos to each of us based on our own individual interests. That exact same technology helps my inbox understand which emails are important and which maybe are looking a little bit dodgy, as well as increasingly tries to finish my sentences when I'm typing. Machine learning is all around us, but it's not restricted to tech giants. It's an increasingly mainstream technology used by law firms, accountants, and a range of companies to accelerate business growth and gain a competitive advantage. And today, thanks to the support of the University of Ottawa's Professional Development Institute, we're going to better understand the opportunities that machine learning is creating for businesses. Before I introduce our guest today, please let me welcome my colleague Lisa Thibodeau from the Ottawa Business Journal. Welcome, Lisa. Hi, Peter. Thank you for having me. I am really excited about the content that we do have lined up for today's webinar. As always, we want this to be as interactive as possible. So on top of sharing some advanced polling results uh, from our registrants today, I would also encourage everyone to leave any questions or comments about the conversation in the chat box below. You do need to be logged into a YouTube account to use the chat box, but any questions or comments that are left in there, we will be able to post to our guests at the end of today's presentation. Thanks so much, Lisa. Look forward to uh, touching base with you again in just a few minutes. Thanks, Peter. Now let's meet our special guests. We have two local experts in, from the field who are bringing different perspectives to today's conversation. First, let me introduce Peter Heath. Peter is a senior training manager with Sengen, a Canadian technology accelerator based in Canada. Welcome, Peter. Hi, Peter. How are you? Very well, thank you. As I mentioned a moment ago, your day job is Senior Training Manager with Sengen, mm -hmm. but in that role, you also work with the University of Ottawa Professional Development Institute. Help us understand how the two organizations work together. Yeah, I'd love to do that. Uh, as part of our strategic goals to upskill the technical workforce in Canada, Sengen has developed multiple courses on advanced technology topics like machine learning and various elements in cloud computing. And then what we've done is partnered with University of Ottawa's Professional Development Institute to make these training courses available readily to businesses across the region. Thanks, Peter. Now let's introduce our second guest. Matt LeMay is the CEO and co-founder of AuditMap, an Ottawa-based startup that uses artificial intelligence to help clients identify potential risks by scanning through reams of documents such as audit reports. Welcome, Matt. Hi, Peter. Thanks for having me. Matt, you lead a really cool startup, and we had the, uh, the pleasure of speaking with you about your company earlier this year on an episode of Techopia Live. Now we're bringing you back to help us understand the practical applications of machine learning for businesses. So help us set the stage for today's conversation. Machine learning has become a little bit of a buzzword in some business circles. Help us break through that. What exactly is machine learning? Yes, it has. It feels like it's everywhere these days. Well, machine learning is a family of technologies and algorithms that are coached and guided towards a solution rather than explicitly programmed. This is different than typical rules-based system in traditional programming that most people are uh, familiar with. This means that systems are now probabilistic rather than deterministic. And why that's important is because the advantage of this new approach is that it can rely on data to make its decision rather than to try and determine every edge case when it comes to organizing the information. 
a system can make a best guess on how to organize or recommend information to its users. The main reason why it's suddenly so popular is because both data availability and compute power have been able to address extremely complex algorithms and make them worthwhile in a business context. That's super, super helpful. And I uh, can't wait to, to ask you some follow-up questions to drill down a little bit more on some of that. But before we do go in more depth, I just wanna share the topics we'll be covering in our conversation uh, this afternoon. So let's take a look at today's agenda. So we're gonna start by discussing how machine learning applies to businesses. We're then gonna take a closer look at machine learning in action by hearing more about Matt and AuditMap's story. And then we're gonna bring it all together with a discussion around implementation before wrapping up with questions from our audience. So. Let's get into this. Uh, Peter, let's help businesses visualize machine learning at work mm -hmm. by walking through some typical use cases, starting with customer acquisition. Explain to us how can machine learning help businesses acquire customers? Yeah, so on your website, when customers, potential customers are hitting your website and looking around, you are automatically collecting all kinds of useful information. And what you can do is use some techniques from machine learning called clustering to start to uh, classify different demographic bits of information about, you know, one demographic is going to one web page, another demographic is going to another web page. And then what that allows you to do, because you've understood that, is start to fine tune the different pages on your website to move people from visiting more actively to become actual customers. That's a great, a great example that I can uh, can visualize. Um, you know, off off the top, I made uh, you know I, I shared that silly story about uh, my my experience with YouTube. Um, but of course, there there is a technical term for uh, when I see a video suggested on Netflix or YouTube, and it's called predictive modeling. You know, so as a, as a consumer, there's obvious appeal. But Peter, help us understand what are the opportunities around predictive modeling for businesses. Yeah, predictive modeling for businesses, especially businesses that are looking to grow and improve what they do, uh, is a key element that they can bring on board. So first of all, um, one thing you can do is start to analyze your data, uh, you know, where you're performing well, where you're not performing well, and start to make some decisions about what the right time to expand your business is. Uh, you can even use certain machine learning algorithms to figure out if you're trying to move from for example, three to four locations, where is the best place to put that fourth location? Uh, another good example of predictive modeling is around product maintenance. So lots of products that people sell have certain maintenance cycles and you wanna really nail that as closely as possible to when the maintenance really needs to be done. You don't wanna be doing it too early, you don't wanna be doing it too late. And through predictive modeling, you have that ability to really focus in when you want customers to bring come in for uh, maintenance rather than too broad a window and then you're missing uh, opportunities. That's another great, uh, great example. Matt, I want to bring you into the conversation. Uh, we're going to dive into AutoMap's backstory in just a moment, but staying on that theme of business applications of machine learning, uh, you've identified something that likely resonates with many members of our audience. Tell us how machine learning can be applied to document classification. 
Absolutely. So the entire field of natural language processing gives us the ability to organize and navigate data the same way that humans navigate language. This means that if I have a pile of documents, I can classify them by type of document. Are these invoices? Are these marketing material? Are these contracts? And I'm able to contextualize that information in the way that's quite useful and helps me navigate across these troves of documents that I might have lying around on my various systems. I can also identify within those documents, is there uh, issues related to privacy? Is there something that's called uh, personal identifiable information, like names, addresses, and credit card numbers that would otherwise be at risk of leaking if I don't handle it in a very particular way, in a very safe way, all the way to try and identify key sentences that uh, could be useful inside various reports in order to learn from the data and help us make decisions moving forward. I'm looking forward to hearing more about how, how you've uh, applied just you know a lot of those uh, those processes to to your business. Uh, but before we do that, I'd like to bring my uh, colleague from OBJ, Lisa, back into the conversation. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Peter. So uh, we did some advanced polling of our audience uh, before today's webinar. What was the first question that we asked? Well, with so many applications of machine learning, we were really interested to find out, you know, where machine learning is most prevalent in our viewers' day-to-day -day lives. And, you know, when we look at that question, there's there's so many results or so many uh, different options, but the resounding answer that we heard is that the majority see it in the search engine results refining, which I know I certainly uh, benefit from on a day-to-day -day, uh, <laughs> day -day, uh, process. So, Matt, I have a bit of a, a two-pronged question here for you, but you know, is it surprising that that most people use machine learning in that search engine results refining? And do you think maybe people are running into it more than they're even aware of? Yeah, so if you look at the entire recommendation system that comes from a search engine optimization, anywhere from being able to identify which users actually making the request is part of a data profile that gets recorded over time. That means that if I'm searching for a particular set of topics, I can then identify what are the subtopics that are related to those. And it's quite powerful if the algorithm knows that me, Matt, I'm looking for a document intelligence system. I'm looking for natural language processing. Whereas other people might want to look at uh, different contexts and other interpretations of the acronym NLP, for instance. So it is something that people are aware of. And also what's very important is that it is an area of technology that people are expecting it to work well and expecting it to recognize its nuances and patterns on an individual basis. That's a great insight, Matt. Thank you so much for sharing that. I do just want to uh, remind everybody that as we go through the conversation today, they can leave any uh, questions, comments, or thoughts in that chat box below, and we'll be able to share those with Peter and Matt at the end of today's conversation. Back to you, Peter. Thanks, Lisa. Um, Matt, a moment ago, we were discussing some practical business applications of uh, machine learning. Automap is using these tools to shake up internal auditing. Um, you previously shared with me that your initial core technology, you described it as a magic highlighter. Give us a backstory. Tell us how, about how you came about to launching Automap. Absolutely. So we had a client with a very clear uh, problem segment. And oftentimes it's difficult in uh, in the AI realm to identify such a clear opportunity, but we were we were lucky on, on the first day to have that opportunity. The client came to us and said, 
Uh, my difficulties, I just spent the last month reading through 125 internal audit reports. I have forgotten 99% of what I've missed. I don't know what's missing inside those documents. And I also can't make sense of technical risks. Can you help me identify sentences that are indicators of risk within those reports? So our early prototypes were uh, were quite simple, were quite uh, straightforward when it came to the identification of keywords and language patterns. And we've since evolved it into a, a very uh, complex set of a family of algorithms that can contextualize a sentence and identify, is this particular sentence an indicator of risk that the risk management team and the internal audit team should be made aware of? And that's not a problem that small organizations have when they have 10 or 15 reports, but uh, government institutions and international uh, multinationals, they have the difficulty of navigating thousands and tens of thousands of reports. So that magic highlighter, that ability to identify risks in a particular context, in a particular uh, department and in a particular industry, allows us to make sense of what could be uh, what could be coming just around the corner and that is extremely valuable and timely information so that that's such a cool example it's such a you know an awesome way of, of tackling that that problem but tell us how you then actually grew that uh, that that solution in, in, into a business how did you scale up automap there was a lot of early prototyping and my recommendation to other people that do have a potential algorithm that that could be worthwhile is to validate not just the algorithm but to validate the business case oftentimes technologists do forget about uh the underlying market about how the business gets executed so after our early prototypes we went to a lot of uh large consultancies risk advisory teams and asked for their opinion early on we only had a broken web page that had very simple examples we had a very simple algorithm and we said if we were to continue down this path, would this be useful to you? We got that early validation and we kept building and shaping the idea based on that early feedback. And I would say that's what made a difference early on. From where we are right now, we continue to gather some feedback and to make sure that we don't just double down on, on what we believe the technology should be, but how should it be useful to people once it's put into use? Because a good algorithm should be invisible. Fair enough. Uh, Peter, let's get your perspective on this. You've been uh, listening to, uh, to, to Matt's story. What stands out uh, to you about AuditMap's journey? So uh, one thing that I think is really interesting is, is this. If you talk about machine learning for most people, they're going to think that it's going to be applied in kind of hard scientific or, or you know, technological kind of applications. And what Matt found was uh, an, an interesting use case that doesn't immediately shout out, hey, machine learning is going to be useful here. And I think the lesson that's helpful there is just to like expand your mind a little bit where machine learning might be useful. If you've got a lot of data and you're trying to do something with it, there's a good chance that machine learning uh, would be a tool that you can leverage. That's great, uh, great insight. I'd like to now bring uh, my colleague Lisa back into the conversation. Hello again, Lisa. Hi, Peter. I'm loving Tell this us about conversation. Our second poll question. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Um, you know, we've heard about some great uh, use cases for, for machine learning technology today already, and that made us curious to know, you know, where does our audience see machine learning fitting into their business? So we asked them, you know, where would that have the greatest impact? And in the results, uh, a huge number of people said that it would be in data classification and information extraction. Peter, I would love to hear your take on this. You know, why is that an area that works so well with machine learning? Yeah, so one of the things I said earlier is that we're constantly collecting all kinds of data uh, from customers internally. Data is everywhere. And one of the real challenges we now have is that we've got so much data, we don't even know what to do with it. And it's really hard to make sense. Um, out of the data. Matt said that his initial, that the thing that really helped him initially was a clear problem statement. When you're getting overwhelmed with data, it can be really hard to figure out even what the right questions to ask are. So there are some very helpful machine learning algorithms that can just, you know, in a sense, turn this algorithm loose on this boatload of data and let it start classifying and clustering and making connections and associations. And it, you start to see that then the, the real hard questions that you want to ask of it, they will start to kind of rise up out of the data. And that may be something you wouldn't be able to do without good machine learning techniques. That's, uh, that's some great insight, Peter. Um, I do see some questions coming in in the chat, which is awesome. Uh, just another reminder that uh, if anybody does have questions for Peter and Matt, uh, we'll be able to field those at the end of today's conversation. So please do drop those in the chat box below. Back to you, Peter. Thanks, Lisa. I wanna shift the conversation now to how businesses can actually implement machine learning. But before we go too far on that, I wanna address something first. Um, Peter, how complex is this? Uh, how, how, how complicated is it to implement machine learning in a business? Uh, that's a great question. So I don't like the word complex. I, I will use two different words though. It is technical, let's not kid ourselves. There, there is technical skill required, but it's accessible. It's not the realm of PhDs and it's not the realm of the, acad of the academic world anymore. Um, but if you've got some of those technical skills in programming and in data analysis, there are tools that can help you move forward in your machine learning journey. And I would also say that a training course like the one that we've got, Sengen's Machine Learning with Python course, can help you out as well. Along with that, you do need to understand the problem that you're trying to solve, as well as have a good grasp of what the data is that you do possess. But you know, you put all those things together and you can move forward with machine learning. Matt, can I quickly get your take on that same question? Peter said I shouldn't use the word complex. Uh, how would you describe the uh, how complicated it is? One thing to keep in mind is that if this constitutes a live system, then it's an ongoing system and it has all the same issues and particularities that you would say with, let's say, hiring a new employee. So you need to have a, a person that is able to manage that system. You need to have the right digital transformation. And everything that enables that AI system or that ML system to be executed is also what's important. So if you are looking to implement um, a machine learning system with, within your organization, one of the questions that is helpful early on is to understand 
who owns it and who monitors it to make sure that uh, the lights are always on. So let's stay with that theme around people. Uh, Peter, who within an organization is typically involved in a machine learning implementation? So there's actually a number of people. Um, and I would say you need to start with executive buy-in and sponsorship from the very beginning. That's gonna unlock a lot of the doors to be able to build the right team. From there, product managers and software team leaders need to understand to a certain degree, the different types of machine learning that could be used, um, as well as the typical machine learning project pipeline. And there's little nuances depending on the types of algorithms that you're gonna be using, but there are kind of defined pipelines that you should pay attention to. And from, from there, software developers and engineers and architects are then going to do the technical work of creating and analyzing and implementing machine learning models. You had mentioned a moment ago the importance of getting uh, executive buy-in. Mm -hmm. Are there any other first steps that uh, that you would uh, identify as um, as businesses embark on a machine learning journey? So attending a webinar like this is a big help, uh, asking questions of people in the field. Um, I'm going to say that Sengen's machine learning with Python course would be a good fit for almost anybody because uh, it does have hands-on, but you can also access the course if you're just trying to understand at a higher level what's going on. Um, we also offer other courses as well, uh, but you know we're focused on machine learning today. Fantastic. Uh, Lisa, let's bring you back into the, the conversation. You've been watching the uh, YouTube live chat. Uh, what are some people asking about? Absolutely. So Peter and Matt, I know we've just kind of uh, scratched the, the surface of this topic of machine learning. But Matt, I will uh, throw the first question to you. Can we, you know, flush out a little bit the differences between AI more broadly, machine learning and deep learning? Of course. So the way we've we've noticed it in the market is that really what we're implementing at any given day is as uh, a machine learning system. It's an algorithm or family of algorithms that is able to uh, recommend an output based on a probabilistic uh, system. Deep learning is a subset of machine learning that uses the evolution of neural networks into deep learning. So for those of you in the early 2000s that remember neural networks, there was an early promise. There was three layers, uh, input, inner, and output. And deep learning is simply the expansion of that idea in all shapes and sizes that is able to encode more complex patterns. What we've seen being the use of, of AI in the business realm is not so much the, the technological concept as much as uh, the promise of what a simpler, better tomorrow would look like. So it's used very much in, in a marketing standpoint, but it also represents the idea of wanting to adopt new technologies moving forward. Uh, that's not to be confused with artificial general intelligence, which is a topic of conversation, but broadly speaking, uh, AI it encompasses all of the ideals that are implemented in machine learning and deep learning is a subset of machine learning. That's uh, like I said, I know we've just scratched the surface, but I think that was a really nice sort of way to, to wrap up uh, uh, each of those topics. Thank you, Matt. Uh, 
Peter, I do. Uh, I have a question for you. Um, mm -hmm. It's a bit of uh, something that came to mind myself during today's conversation. You know, as as a technology that is, you know, created by uh, people, of course, there there's often a question of human biases. You know, yep. how is that something that we can overcome in machine learning? That that's a that is a really important uh, question, and I like the way you framed it. That it's technologies that are created by people. Um, so a couple of things come to mind. Number one is be aware of what kind of data you've got. Uh, what is it that you've collected in the data? Uh, you know, who collected the data and what features or characteristics have you recorded there? So that's one area where some bias might start to creep in. Um, typically though, the first step in any machine learning project is actually what we call cleaning the data. So you're gonna do some transformation on the data and that's another place where bias can slip in because you're deciding which features or characteristics are important and which ones are not. Um, and then the third area where you can look, uh, where you can pay attention is, you know, you create a model, you set it loose on new data. Every once in a while, you really need to come back to examine the results that you've been getting. Are the results of your machine learning algorithm in the same area as what you expect from new data points. If you're getting strange results, then maybe you need to go back, you know, unpack what you've done in terms of building the model and recalibrate it so that you're starting to get the results that you really should be expecting. That's really interesting uh, insight. Matt, I know as somebody that works with the technology, is that, is that something that you guys, you know, talk about, think about uh, when, when you're working with that kind of tech? Oh, continuously. Uh, we talk about verifiability, we talk about explainability, and explainable AI is very much uh, what is a constant uh, conversation topic these days. How can we monitor that the system is working well? And usually there's a combination of quantitative and qualitative tests that you give to any model before it's put in deployment. Uh, there is a certain culture of uh, protecting the information and making sure that the information is sanitized and doesn't include any any potential biases. And that's more of an active effort, a continuous effort anytime the data comes in as opposed to just a, a quick step that you can perform over an afternoon. It's very much tied to vigilance and to corporate culture. And on that idea of, you know, uh, corporate culture, you know, running a, a startup, somebody posed the question, you know, what what are the financial and legal barriers for implementing machine learning for startups? Matt, maybe I'll, I'll throw that to you first if you have any thoughts. <laughs> yeah, that is a great question because it's actually a lot easier than people think it is. So most modern algorithms are are completely published and completely transparent in how they work. And you can even implement them from scratch if you want. Most AI and ML libraries are under some variation of an MIT license, which means they're free to use and free to distribute however you see fit. Uh, you can claim it as your own as you customize them. There's no major barrier to that whatsoever. Again, a bit different if you're using certain APIs. When it comes to the legal implication, I would say that where you have to be careful is again, the business case that you're claiming to be able to solve. To what extent are you solving the problem? If your model is uh, has an accuracy or F1 score in uh, the 90% range, 95% range, then you can't claim that your system can solve every problem. Instead, you'd want to recommend that 
oh, we can predict large-scale trends, we can predict large-scale uh, uh, analyses, we can't uh, ensure or provide assurance on every particular item. So that type of nuance is something that you want to include as part of the conversation. But I would say that the availability of technology right now means that this is the right time if you want to explore starting an AI business. That's that's awesome, Matt. Thank you. Um, Peter, I did just want to throw uh, another question towards you. I know we talked a little bit. Uh, I heard people uh, mention privacy, things like that in today's conversation. Uh, how can cyber attacks in the cloud systems for machine learning be prevented? Is there you know, some, some uh, talk about privacy, about that sort of uh, cybersecurity side of things? Privacy and cybersecurity are, need to always be on your mind, uh, whether it's a machine learning driven uh, application that you're working with or anything else. It, it is absolutely key right now. Um, so in that, uh, a lot of the standard kind of processes that you want to enact for any technology and uh, web-facing uh, industry apply with machine learning as well. So, and, you know, there, there are things you want to do inside, uh, as Matt was saying, inside your corporate culture. So, that internally people are uh, aware of what they need to do to ensure uh, privacy regulations are met. And there are things that you can do in terms of you know, collecting data. It's very important also to make sure that the people that are contributing your data, so if it's customers data, they need to be aware of you know, that you are doing certain things with your data. If you don't do that, then you know somebody's gonna uh, not be happy at some point. So, you know, broadly speaking, whether it's a machine learning based uh, business or not, a lot of the, the standard kind of processes and technologies are gonna be in play. That's awesome. I know. I know. Uh, cybersecurity is definitely top of mind for a lot of people. Anybody working in tech, but that's a that's a great, great. Um, some thoughts there, Peter. I did just want to throw one last question uh, to Matt, just keeping an eye on on the time there. Um, you know, when we're talking about machine learning, we're talking about this technology. How do I know that it's working? Uh, the first thing that you have to look at is what problem are you trying to solve. So a lot of people. Uh, tend to rely on AI as being this uh, uh, this auto-magical system, in quotes, that that suddenly will, is akin to fairy dust, as if it would magically solve your problem without, uh, without understanding. If you understand, first off, what is your strategy and your scope of the specific engagement that you're using AI in, then the simple question is, what are your measures of success? What are you trying to get out of the system? That's your first question. Then when you look at the actual performance of the system, you want to assess, is the performance uh, to the scale that I'm able to solve the problem reliably and reliably enough to move forward? If not, is there a way for me to redefine the problem so that I can solve it using AI? And that conversation comes about uh, multiple times, usually in an AI project, to verify indeed if my uh, my ML system is working. And I, I know, like I said before, we just kind of scratched the surface. I feel like we could <laughs> continue this conversation and and keep diving into uh, all of these different areas, but. Uh, Matt and Peter, thank you so much for you know sharing that. I feel like I've learned a lot about uh, technology that, like you said, I probably run into 
multiple times a day and uh, maybe I'm not even aware of it. So <laughs> I will uh, throw it back to you, uh, Peter. Thank you again. Thanks, Lisa. And Peter and Matt, thank you so much for sharing all this uh, knowledge with mm -hmm. us. Uh, this is a really a fascinating and uh, transformative uh, technology that holds just so much potential for uh, for businesses. Um, so we, uh, we do encourage our audience to visit the University of Ottawa's Professional Development Institute for more information. You can go to pdinstitute.uottawa.ca. Uh, Peter, how else can people learn more? Yeah, so uh, if you can see the slide on the screen, there's the URL right at the bottom. So the, the URL that, that uh, Peter just mentioned, slash cloud computing, that will take you to uh, our full set of courses that Sengen and PDI are jointly delivering, including machine learning with Python, uh, and also uh, a number of other cloud and DevOps related courses. Um, Peter, one other thing, if I could just reflect back on one of the questions that Matt answered um, about building a, building a business. Uh, there is a, an entire kind of ecosystem of provincially and federally funded bodies that will help young and small businesses grow in the tech space. So, for example, Invest Ottawa is there to help you build your business case, you know, build from the business side. Um, from the technology side, there are a number of players, including Sengen, uh, where we come in is helping you grow from two customers to 10 large customers when you need to do, uh, I'll call it scale testing of your technology. Uh, and in fact, AutoMap is one of our alumni. And if you wanna find out a little bit more about the actual project that AutoMap and SendGen worked on and how we we're able to help, uh, if you go to sengen.ca, simple, C-E-N-G-N.ca, and check out the different success stories uh, you'll get some real good information there. And it, you may find yourself a company that is in the right place to make benefit of the kind of services that Sengen offers. You know, Peter, I'm so glad you made that that point. Uh, it's such a great reminder that no matter the the business challenge or the technical challenge that that uh, you're trying to solve, we're we're so lucky to live in a community where there's so many resources out there, so many uh, great people uh, such as you know yourself that uh, are willing to to share their uh, their insights and uh, and as you mentioned, uh, a lot of great uh, great programs too that uh, you just need to uh, be pointed in the right uh, direction for. So thank you very much uh, for uh, for noting that. Yeah, you're most welcome. And just before I let our audience go, uh, just a reminder, please do visit obj.ca every day for the latest in business news. I also highly recommend that you subscribe to OBJ Today, our weekday email newsletter. Please do follow us on social media. And since you probably are on YouTube right now, click the red subscribe button and then the little bell icon. On behalf of my colleague, Lisa Thibodeau, and the entire OBJ team, thank you so much for joining us today. Stay safe and enjoy the rest of your afternoon.